Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all know it yet or not, but the homie Questlove just won an Oscar, and yo! That's my joy! joy. Hey yo, displace the guilt and... What's good, friends and family, neighbors near and far? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Yo, That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life, dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I am your host, Nate Runkle, a.k.a. Ray John Chung, a.k.a. John Lee Hooker, a.k.a. Nate 3.0, back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast finds you all in good health, and in good spirits. On today's episode, I am joined by Jamie Salvatore and Morgan Russo of the band Jamie and the Guarded Heart. I had such an enjoyable conversation with them, and that will be coming up in a minute. How we doing, gang? Well, things are moving along swimmingly on my boat, thanks for asking. Well, not that you asked. You know, one-way conversation and all that. But things are good. March is almost behind us now, and April is right here knocking on our door, ready to greet us. Been getting back out more, and uh, getting out, I've gotten more opportunities to hang out with some former guests. I think I made mention that I got to talk to Matt Lowell from Low Moon at the Free at Noon that they performed at the World Cafe. Well, since last episode, I've added some more high fives, hugs, and handshakes to the former guest list. Got to meet and hang out with Keith Marlowe of the Miners at the Sunvolt Show. And I went to see the Bannister Effect CD release show and got to not only meet Joe Pulio and Eli Wenger, but also Dan Drago of the 25 O'Clock Pod. And I got to meet Maggie Poulos of Mixtape Media, who you may not know from the show, but has been responsible for connecting me with many of the guests you have heard me interview, including my guests today. We have such a great music community in this area, and I am so happy to play whatever little part I get to play in it. And I can't wait to meet not just more artists, but more of you, the people who do me the honor of listening to my goofy little show. Y'all deserve to join the high five hugs and handshake train. And, well, one more thing before we get into this episode proper. I just want to take a moment to wish my witty, brilliant, beautiful girlfriend Katie a happy 34th birthday. My life was a driftless mass of stinky dung piles before meeting her, and I'm the luckiest guy in the world to be able to spend my life with her. So, happy birthday, baby. I love you to the That's No Moon and Back Crypto. My guests today met and bonded over unused credits on a jukebox in a bar. From that meeting came love, and came marriage, and came a band. And that band is Jamie and the Guarded Heart. Their music, which has evoked comparisons to acts like the Gaslight Anthem and Bruce Springsteen, is pure Telecaster-driven working-class rock and roll, a sound that is perfectly showcased in their latest single, Black Dresses. They've been featured on 104.5, WXPN, and WMMR, and they are set to release their second album, Funeral Song, on April 29th. Folks, help me welcome to the show Jamie Salvatore and Morgan Russo from Jamie and the Guarded Heart. Give it some seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by the great Jamie Salvatore and the great Morgan Russo, the two who are part of the great Jamie and the Guarded Heart. Guys, thank you for joining me here today on Yo, That's My John. Thank you for having us. So, yeah, so um, I got a chance to listen to the the new album Funeral Song that's coming out, and uh, it is absolutely stellar. Um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll dive into it a bunch deeper uh, as we go on. But um, man, what a fantastic collection of tracks. And I want to thank you uh, not just for recording that, but for sharing that with me so I could uh, give a listen to it. Oh, thank you. We uh, we uh, really poured everything we got into it. So it means a lot. Thanks. It, you it, you can definitely hear it. There's there's a lot there's a lot of love and passion on that album, um, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to be able to talk to you about it. But before we do that, why don't you tell these uh, fine folks listening to this uh, podcast a little bit about yourselves? Uh, well, this is Jamie, and uh, hi, I'm Morgan. We are uh, we're from the suburbs of Philadelphia. Morgan's from Narstown. I'm from Conshohocken. Um, we claim Conshohocken as like our home base. Um, even though we can't afford to live there anymore, <laughs> but, uh, but, um, yeah, we're married. Uh, we've been married for a while. I was, I should have known the years right off the top of my head, but I didn't, <laughs> um, 
but uh, we started this band a few years ago um, to just kind of, the whole goal was to just get out into small clubs and share our music. And then um, everything was going super awesome until about a couple of years ago when this pandemic took over the world, but we're, we're kind of fighting hard now. Everything's starting to trend back. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit about us. That's cool. So uh, when you were growing up, um, we'll, we'll go one by one. Jamie, we'll start with you. When you were growing up, like what kind of music was playing around your house? What, uh, what were your parents listening to? I, I had a really musical uh, family. Like we were the kind of people that put on music, uh, you know, when you're doing the dishes, whatever. There's always, always music on. My, my grandfather um, was in a band called the Tyrones that was signed to Mercury Records. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up with him loving Sinatra. My dad was a Rolling Stones guy uh, and like the Eagles and, and those kind of Johnny Cash, that stuff. And then my mom was uh, Beatles and she was also had her finger on the pulse of whatever was kind of hip, you know? Um, and so she loved all kinds of music. And my brothers were, um, before they became like deadheads, they were really into like hip hop as that was happening, you know? So like, tribe called quest and like stuff like that was around the house so it was like literally everything what about you um so my dad was super into classic rock still is <laughs> and uh so we heard a lot of like black sabbath around the house um but also definitely helped introduce me to like grunge music when i was younger so i got super into that um and i just listened to the radio all the time as a kid <laughs> yeah uh yeah you know um you guys are kind of it's it, it, it i feel like it's this area but like uh that's exactly what my childhood was like like just so much so much music and so much variety to it you know it wasn't kind of nailed down to one specific thing but kind of all over the place so uh you know when did when did you start finding like your own music not kind of what was being you know played around you but what was like some of your first like oh this is my own thing like you know to be honest with you um she, she'll she'll morgan will tell you better about her her thing because she like had her own music i was never i was just like whatever was happening i was into like and uh and i loved my everyone's music i didn't really kind of find my own stuff into like much later in life really like, where I, stuff that i like really i mean i've always been incredibly passionate and i've always like sought out music but i think the stuff that i really connected to i didn't find until like my mid-20s like okay i started to really get into like the clash and tom petty and like all of that kind of stuff started to really i was like oh this is what i've been like looking for you know, this is the stuff like that's when I really started getting the Springsteen and just like all of that kind of stuff. And um, and I started listening to more punk rock and like um, it was weird. It was like I felt I, I always describe myself as a people pleaser. So I think that I was people pleasing it even in my taste in music for most of like my my life. Morgan, on the other hand. I was not a people <laughs> very much. I like, I remember very clearly at like around 11 years old um, listening to, um, I used to listen to WDRE back when that was still on the radio and the like Y100 got really into Nirvana was probably the first band that I was like, this is life. Music is life. This means so much to me. I have so much emotionally connected with it. Um, and from there, just, I, I loved whole Pearl Jam, um, four non-blondes <laughs> I really loved um, and then after that I became a goth and <laughs> listened to like Rob Zombie and Nine Inch Nails and things like that um, but yeah so definitely like adolescence for me it was like a whole musical awakening and like I don't I want to like the music that's gonna you know piss off grown-ups and um, yeah. music is like the most important thing in the world at that point <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, uh, you know, again, back and forth, when, when did you guys start kind of making your own music individually? Like when, when did you pick up a guitar for the first time? I started writing songs when I was like, um, that summer from eighth grade into ninth grade. Um, so that's like, uh, that's when I started playing and, and, and writing my own stuff. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, it was like around uh, 11 years old, I started learning bass. Uh, my dad used to play bass when he was younger. Um, and so he kind of taught me a little bit. I took a few lessons and um, I played with a friend at the time. Her parents had a garage, so we would play, she played guitar and sang and I would play bass. 
in the garage and we would try to record it and it was terrible, but it was fun. Um, Do any of those recordings still exist? Because that is totally something you should share. I actually don't know. Probably not. Um, I want those. Definitely on a cassette, like a little four track thing. Um, But I don't think they exist and I hope they don't. (laughs) But yeah. And then I did, I mean, I played like through high school and then in college, I didn't take my bass with me. Didn't play for many years until um, a few years ago when Jamie was like, hey, do you want to be in this band? (laughs) Oh, that's cool. That is super cool. Jamie, those early songs you were writing, what kind of what kind of stuff was that? Um, You know, because that's around the time you're you're people pleasing with your music selection. So was it all over the place or? I I think it was um, it was I'm sure a little Dave Matthews-y. Okay. Like. If you were like a white guy with an acoustic guitar during that time, like it was, that's like what you sounded like that or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure there was a little bit of that. Um, yeah. Like uh, I'm sure it was a little also like, this was like, you know, early 2000s. So probably some matchbox 20 sounding songs, uh, just softer, fair, <laughs> yeah. very, very sensitive. Uh, but my voice wasn't high enough to be emo. So, um, so in that, but it would have been had I, had I had, had, could I reach those heights vocally? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because, um, so this was one of the questions I was going to say for later, but I'm, like I said, I'm going to be all over the place because I have ADD and it's my show and I'm allowed to. Um, but anyway, uh, so, um, uh, you know, I, I see a lot of, um, in, um, descriptions of your guys' music and stuff like that, a lot of references to like Gaslight Anthem and like, um, uh, Bruce Springsteen. Is that by design or is that just like something that everyone kind of is like, Hey, you know who you kind of sound like? Um, you know, I think in the beginning, um, I, I, I mean, I love the Gaslight Anthem. I think they're awesome. Um, I think in the beginning, we wanted to, we wanted to do like a punk rock kind of thing with that kind of like storytelling thing that Springsteen does. Like, but and it kind of came out that way. We, we didn't. We definitely didn't go. Let's make gaslight anthem sounding right, music right 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 but, but, but it's kind of like music is like you know food you you get out what you put in your body and and so we uh it kind of worked out that way which which we're totally fine with that comparison i mean i'm, I'm absolutely percent um with that stuff. Yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> yeah well the, the only reason i asked because when you said about your your voice wasn't high enough for emo is uh the very first time like early early super early emo days um i had a friend and she listened to like a demo of one of one of my uh songs or something like that and she was like you sound like this guy that i'm really into and i was like who's that and she was like uh this guy uh chris caraba he's in this band dashboard confessional right so i go oh cool so then i listened to it and i was like you think i fucking sound like this and then it was was like oh son of a bitch my voice i can't help it um, I love Dashboard Confessional. Their new record is actually really great. It's I still fun. haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> it's really good. It's really yeah. good. It sounds a lot like that's that older stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I um I actually saw um Chris solo acoustic when he was doing the anniversary of the Swiss Army Romance tour, oh. and, and oh my god, what a great show that was! Like, and what? So like, could you hear him or could you just hear the crowd? Because like, it's like <laughs> it's like full on like the crowd. You wow. can only hear the crowd. Yeah, it was at. It, as a matter of fact, it was in. It was in um, Westchester at the. Um, God, what was the name of that bar? I can't remember. Not, not the, the note. Yes, the note. That's oh, wow. So so yes, no, I could not hear him at all. No way. Um, but it was a killer. Tiny little place to see see that kind of show that's awesome it was really really cool really really cool so okay so you guys are playing guitar and stuff like that or you're playing guitar you've put your bass away you haven't how do you guys meet where's a uh morgan i mean being the person that started the whole shit nine against i guess uh so yeah there was this dive bar in kajahakin that uh we were both going to a lot around the same time and uh one saint patty's day night um we were both there drinking a lot separately not knowing each other and um at some point in the evening i think you said something to me first that's a lie it definitely didn't happen like that we there was an exchange (laughs) and at some point he came across the bar and i was like i put some money in the jukebox you want to play some songs and then we did some shots together namely she said this is what i and i quote uh she is 
Uh, I'm a bad storyteller. She's okay. dancing around it. She she walked up to me and she said, hey, there's money in the jukebox. If you want to play some songs, do you want to do a car bomb? That's what she actually said to me. <laughs> and that's what I knew. That, that, my lady. <laughs> that sounds like the first line to a beautiful song. <laughs> if I ever heard one or, you know, uh, the first line to a beautiful life together. Um now, when you when you uh, asked uh, Jamie to go put music on the jukebox, were you ready and prepared to judge him for whatever he played with that money? Because that's Absolutely. that's exactly one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And and the reason that I kept talking to him was because he was playing good songs. Okay. Yeah, and, and he we were able to speak intelligently about the music. We were very drunk, so I'm sure it was like not intelligently at all. But I felt like we were connecting through the music. <laughs> And so that was super important to me. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, were, were you playing out at that point, Jamie? Or um... Yeah. So during, I mean, like around the time, so I was, <laughs> I was like 20. Um, I was underage in that bar, but that bar doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. So they're fine. Whatever. Um, the, uh, I started playing uh, cover gigs in bars for a living around the time I turned 19. So I was playing a lot like 200 nights a year oh uh, okay just, just in bars and restaurants playing other people's songs where um, uh w- did you have like any uh main places that you haunted or uh were just anywhere and everywhere uh yeah i was i played at like every bar in country um so tataro's was my main stop which is also also, not, doesn't also not the, geez i sound like my grandfather <laughs> <laughs> um, and that used to be a bowling alley um but uh that um that's yeah so i was playing everywhere and then uh eventually that led to me playing like bars and restaurants all the way up and down the east coast like down to florida like six months out of the year just like in tourist towns all over the place very cool very cool uh morgan had you ever seen him play prior to jukebox day or no not at all i um he told me that he played guitar shortly after we met like that night and I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Every guy said he plays guitar, and it really is just like some shitty guitar that sits in his bachelor pad. He doesn't actually know how to play it. So I was like totally unimpressed and didn't actually believe him. But then, so this was the time of MySpace. Oh, and nice. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, we became friends on MySpace like the next day. And he had two songs from his old band on there. And I listened to them, and I was like, oh, these are real songs like they're actual songs and they sound good and they have good lyrics and i i like them and it's pretty impressed i'm not gonna lie there we go (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) what was that band uh it's a band called next best friend um the the drummer from that band is actually we've is the drummer in our band now oh no kidding yeah we've been yeah friends for a very long time graham travellini very very cool um how, how what what type of uh music was was that similar I, or, or no i it was probably like the fray probably oh, okay comparable to the fray that first record was like i was it, rick came out around that time where we were in that band um and uh yeah i loved it i thought it was great you know i, I liked all those sappy shows like uh the scrubs and gray's anatomy and they always had these big musical moments and like I wanted to be in a band that had <laughs> that had a song on one of those shows. You know, I grew up on Dawson's Creek. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the it's, it's really crazy how uh, many bands kind of broke as just music in the background of those shows. Like uh, it was an incredible time period for TV and music kind of melding together. Yeah. I really think that like Dawson's Creek kind of like started that thing. And like the arc went all the way to Grey's Anatomy. Like, you know what I mean? That trail went all the way. And I, I kind of miss being turned on to songs through those kind of vehicles. Like there's just so many bands really having the ability to release music. And it's really hard to find new stuff through trusted sources, you know? Cause like I, I've I felt like the best bands I ever the be, the bands that I like made lifelong connections with were told to me through like a mixed CD through like your best friend you know what I mean or like and I just it's harder to kind of get those kind of you know I mean? yeah no it's definitely true you know um, music discovery has been really challenging like I kind of fell um, not to 
turn this back on me, but I, I fell out of mu- fell out of love with music for a period of time, and not out of love. Like I still, you know, would hear songs and stuff like that. But I was DJing, and um, DJing, it, you don't really ever get to listen to anything that you <laughs> you want to listen to. You know, it's it's really just kind of regurgitating what other people are kind of asking of you. So like I kind of and in that time period, like I I, I lost every source of where to find music, yeah. um, and just kind of doing this podcasting getting back into this has kind of been the way but i feel like there is definitely there's like there's such an opportunity right now because there's so many good bands out there and there's so much good talent especially in this area that like um that was kind of one of the reasons i wanted to kind of start this project was to kind of bring attention to people who deserve attention and you know you guys definitely deserve some attention um so when you guys you know you meet at the jukebox you start to how long between um that time frame and putting the band together was there like a decade <laughs> oh really so a long time so so you continued doing like kind of the 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 cover circuit up and down the east coast that whole time then yeah i mean um i uh i was a late bloomer when it came to like understanding what i actually wanted out of the music thing that you know money's like a tricky thing with when it comes to art when you start getting paid to to play music you start to convolute um what you're actually kind of getting out of the deal like so so while i was getting paid to play music i kind of fooled myself into thinking that this is what i wanted it's but i really wanted to play my own music you know so i'm getting paid to play other people's music <laughs> you know it's not quite the same thing and and i kind of had this like realization that i was like you know i'm kind of done like i don't want to do this anymore like i don't love it you know the same way and that's when morgan was like you know you should kind of like just do a do a band like do it full force original project and that's kind of where i separated the two worlds i was like okay i'm gonna go make my living as a cover music person and i'm gonna start this band but i don't just like i want this to be like a life pursuit so that's when i asked morgan if she would be a part of it because i couldn't really see myself doing something that was going to require so much of myself without her a part of it you know just didn't seem like something that was attractive to me you know absolutely morgan any hesitation when that uh when that request for you to partner in it or um not really the only slight hesitation was like will i be good enough picking my bass back up will i still know how to play and things like that um you know just being a little nervous because i had never been in a real band before um but i there was no hesitation in wanting to do it for sure i i was super excited to actually be in a band and play music (laughs) was that was it challenging picking the bass back up or did it come back pretty quickly it came back pretty quickly it definitely took some work (laughs) um you know just like a lot of practice but um yeah it came back fairly naturally and and uh it's great it it's been really nice actually i feel like i have a creative outlet again and i love it that's cool so you guys so so you start putting that project together you call the drummer from your old band um Mm -hmm. and you kind of come to the the songs uh on that on that first release the uh self-titled from 2018 were those things that you had been compiling from over the years or did you specifically write for that project i kind of like uh that was the writing for that project was the start of that project um i uh I have a friend named Jerry Pascarella who I wrote a lot of a lot of that first record with. And, uh, he, um, he was like, you know, like you should come into this with like a mindset, like, what do you want this to be? Like these songs are going to tell your new story, you know? And, um, for the first time, I think in my songwriting life, I was really writing from a place that was like, this is who I am. These are the people that I know. Like, these are the, this is the town I grew up in. Like, you know, and uh it felt so like just perfect like exactly what i wanted to be doing um not not you know we we had so far to go but i felt like this was an authentic represent- representation of like who i am and uh what i want to share with the world and uh yeah so it was a good start that's 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 really amazing what what is what is the songwriting process for the project uh, are you primary writing that yourself or or is there you know or i guess are you presenting material and then kind of crafting it out into everybody kind of coming up with their parts or yeah we um i i 
I write the stuff like just, you know, sitting around the house and, and when Morgan starts to perk up is when I know that we're onto something and then I'll kind of fully form out a song and then she'll, she'll take the red pen to it and say, you know what, Jamie, I think this is actually crap. No, she, <laughs> but it's, it's never, <laughs> but it's, it's usually, yeah, it's like, I'll fully form something and then gauging her reaction of it, then we'll start to chase it, you know, um, dial it in. That's kind of yeah. how it works. And then we bring it to everybody else. When 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 Jamie Fritz brings like a song your way or starts kind of uh, presenting it to you, Morgan, like what what are you looking for that like, I guess what I'm saying is, uh, can you tell when he's not being himself <laughs> in this music? Like, is that is that where you're kind of? I don't know if I'd put it that way. It's more just like, does it instantly make me feel something or not? You yeah. know, um, it's just. Yeah, it's just a feeling, I guess. And that's the way, like, he, he often will just, like, sit down and, like, a whole song comes out or sometimes, like, a part of a song will come out. But, you know, mo- a lot of those times I'll be in the other room and I'm like, that, keep that, don't get rid of that. And he's like, are you sure? I don't know. Like, I'm like, no, 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 that, you have to keep that part. Let's let's build on that. And then, it, you know, he goes and, like, writes the rest of the song. Very yeah. cool. It, it's, really, it's really helpful to write like that for me because... I mean, you, you've written songs. It's, it's, it can be a, you're your own worst critic. So it's nice to have somebody around to be like, no, that's, that's keepable. You know, that's, yeah. you know, and, uh, and he can tell when he plays me something, if, yeah, she doesn't I really need to like say it. anything. <laughs> I don't have to say it. He can just tell by looking at me while I listen to it, if it's not a keeper. <laughs> And then sometimes I'm like, this is for my solo record anyway. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, I was, cause I was, I was literally going to say uh, the stuff that they turn away. What do you keep it and kind of no, just it, it, it and away Cause she's right. I mean, she's mostly right about everything. So yeah. Most. Yeah. Well said. Well said. <laughs> um one of the things that uh that uh really stands out to me about you guys and um you know it kind of starts around that time and it's continued on to this this new album and whatnot is um you guys make really great music videos um and i feel like i I was talking i forget who i was talking to about this earlier but i feel like the art of the music video has been lost um but you guys really seem to not just um understand what is needed to make a good music video but enjoy it um tell me a little bit about that process because like you know i look at and and not just because it's kind of the meat cute between the two of you but you know johnny's the jukebox on is a very charming video like i really i really enjoy that video um what's what's your music video process like we are music video freaks we uh grew up watching what did you watch the box the box did you watch the box (laughs) i um i i mean i i live for music videos when we had so we we don't have TV anymore. We're just like everybody else. We only have streaming stuff. But there was there. If you still have regular TV, there's MTV Classic where they play videos. I mean, and we used to sit around just even like last year watching hours of music videos. I just think it's like the most fantastic way to consume music. Um, you get to kind of see like your favorite band and like I mean, it's just these little bite-sized little movies. Um, I've always been a huge proponent. Morgan doesn't like making them. No. Uh, no. I'm just shy. I don't like being on camera. I like performing live, but I don't. Yeah, it's awkward for me to be in front of the camera. <laughs> but I make her do it. And because uh, they're great. And uh, I love making these videos. <laughs> um, I just think, too, like it, it really like kind of lets you show more of yourself. Like this is kind of like, you know, we want to. We want to share as much of who we are with people as possible. And and I think the videos have allowed us to do that. We've been able to really stretch our legs. Like the we have a video for a song called Halloween, which is an animated video, which we were able to like have, um, you know, Haley Monson, uh, you know, animate this thing that was like Scooby-Doo meets the Peanuts. And like, that's awesome. But uh, Johnny's a Jukebox is filmed at a place called the Lanuti Post in uh Conshohocken where we actually filmed the performance scene from I don't love you is also in there and the okay. performance scene from drop that needle is upstairs so we have filmed all over that place the album cover from funeral song is in front of that place um but uh yeah I, I think that that's another thing you kind of get to share your like what's important to you in these videos 
Yeah, yeah, and you know, and your personality and the personality of the band and the music very much comes across in it. And I think it, I think it, it is a tool that you guys have used very well um, in in your in your in your process. Thanks. Thank um, you. So you know, you, you guys have a new album, uh, "Funeral Song," coming out April 29th, um, and and it was birthed in the pandemic, correct? Um, yeah. what was, what was, you know, it was crap for everybody I know, but like, what was your pandemic life like? Like, um, you know, you, you obviously were very productive, um, as you, as you put this album together and whatnot, but like, did it affect you know, I mean, you guys live together, so that kind of helps, but like, did it affect the band, um, other than how it affected everybody? You can't play out and stuff like that, but. Right. We're really fortunate that like the nucleus of this band is, is Morgan and I. So, and we live together, obviously. So um, we kept going the best that we could. We, you know, did live streams and stuff like that. Um, We did special merch and like just a lot of try to be as like interactive, like through social media as possible um, because we're really fortunate that we have like a really great group of people that support us. Um, So, but we did lose a lot of traction because you know, the, the main focus of the band was to play live. Like that yeah. was what all about. So it was kind of switching our entire game plan to not be geared towards getting people to shows. It was just trying to make sure that people knew that we were staying active and we were staying connected to, to the project. Yeah. Right? You guys did some live streams and stuff like that as well. Right. Yeah. Um, we did a ton of live streams. Um, uh, did- <laughs> right where you're looking oh right there oh, okay um did you enjoy it is that like because I, I i did some and and it's very weird i mean it's 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 kind of similar to this but like it, it, but by myself <laughs> so like it would be like uh, like i would get done and i'd be like okay so this is normally where the claps happen and i'm like okay a uh, like a heart uh you know like <laughs> yeah it's bizarre to just play music for you your phone or your computer like in front of you and no uh, no humans there it's 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 so weird i'm grateful that we have the technology but yeah. it is not where we shine um <laughs> we do much better in a sweaty room full of people you know connecting in that kind of way we're um yeah we're not like we're not the best at that stuff but we <laughs> are best yeah we, try, we definitely tried really hard to make the best of it we made sure we did them regularly and you know, sometimes we'd have a couple cocktails at the live stream, that make helps. it a party like a show would be. Um, so we made the best of it. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, just grateful that it was even existing because we were able to like stay with our people. But like, yeah, it's it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. And to yeah. do. Um, did you find it easy to get, um, to build or kind of keep your community of, um, people who enjoy you through that? Or was it, was it difficult to get, to get people to kind of engage? It was harder to get new people, but we, but our people, our people are strong. Pretty, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and I, and, and yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that as long as we were making the effort, they, they were there for us. So it was great. That is cool. That is cool. What, 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 what's your, uh, what's your community like? Uh, like, uh, are they, are they the kind of people who follow you everywhere, uh, when you do get to play? Um, they are the people that show up for sure. And, uh, we definitely don't take that for granted. That's, uh, it's pretty incredible. And, and yeah. they show up in, in any way that, that you could ask people to show up, you know, they've shown up. So it's just, we need to, you know, we need to sell this t-shirt to help us pay for this record or we need to, then they're there, you know, buying t-shirts and sharing our stuff online and they'll be listening to your podcast. <laughs> it's, it's very, we're lucky. We're lucky folks. We love our people. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so you start kind of working on, um, you know, the, the new album and then, you know, also released, uh, some singles throughout, uh, the pandemic and stuff like that. Um, what you know, and you were getting some really good response from like uh, uh, MMR, one hundred four five, and XPN, and stuff like that. Um, can can you feel the anticipation for this new album? Like, because it to me it seems like you know, and and you know, I'm just some guy in his basement who has this podcast, but I, I your 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 name is definitely like building up. Um, and you know, it went from you know, oh yeah, I've heard of those guys to like you know, hearing about you a lot. So, um, what's the anticipation? Anticipation for the album been like? 
It's been pretty exciting. We are so excited to release the record. I mean, we feel our own anticipation mainly is that we just like are have been holding it in for so long and we can't wait to get it out there. Although we were we were talking about it. Um, uh, we played a show in New York last month and then we were we were driving home incredibly hungover the next day. But um, we were sent something. I, I, I can't remember exactly what happened. But we were talking about like, it really feels palpable that there are people wanting to hear this thing. And like, that is incredibly like surprising and wonderful because you work really, really hard and you don't think anyone cares. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, maybe some people care. Um, so it's been like incredibly exciting. And uh, I can't wait for people to hear this thing. Seriously. That's cool. Like you, you guys recorded this the winter of 2020, correct? Yes. No. Yes. No. 2021. Last winter. winter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Together. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I think. Dude, the the past two years, man, have just been like. I don't even. Yeah. 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 Totally agree. So yeah, we did it. It was like 2020 in the into 2021 and we finished the record last summer so we had for a year yeah um ready to go we finished it in in april or may of last year actually what was was this date set or were you originally going to release it last year before you know we went back into hell um Um, yeah where we yep psych um (laughs) we um no, we knew we were going to sit on it because we were uh, we were going to try to see if maybe we could find a label partner or if uh, I knew we wanted to make sure that we we gave it all we got. So we wanted to make sure we built a team and uh, kind of, yeah, just wanted to give it its due because we what we ended up with was a record that we were incredibly proud of. So as you should be as you should be like i said it's absolutely phenomenal and um you know one of the things i wanted to talk about is um how perfectly um sing from your heart closes out the album like it is the perfect like um it, it to me it feels like it feels like that like kind of um uh, last song encore before like you finally like then pick up the guitars and just rock out one more last one you know like kind of like but it definitely has a little bit of um of that kind of feeling um what what where, where did that song come from because like it really it really hit me like as i'm like i'm like man these these guys are really great i'm listening and then it gets that song and i'm just like fuck man what a perfect like uh like a chef's kiss right on the end of <laughs> to, to button it Thanks. Uh, yeah, the uh, I I love that song. There was a lot of debate whether or not it was going to make the record because I was like, you know, all these other songs are so big sounding. And then I was like, does this sound like we just threw this one on the end? And Morgan was like, no, this is the perfect album closer. Um, the, my favorite part about that song particularly is um, if you listen close to that song, there's like a high pitched whistle in the back. And that is the radiator in our dining room. Cause I recorded it at the, where I'm sitting right now at our dining room table um, into my phone. And then we did a bunch of post-production to it, but you could hear our radiator in the back of it. Um, that song came out just like that. That's and, beautiful. Yeah. It was, is, and uh, I find it, I find that the best ones kind of come fast like that. So um, I'm, I think once again, Morgan is right, as I said before, and that's, <laughs> I'm happy it's on the record. <laughs> I am too. And, you know, uh, having that little whistle of the radiator and all, um, knowing that there is a piece of your home in that song kind of adds to the warmth and beauty of it. Like, and I also think probably helped in the um, kind of performance of it um, as well, like to be in your comfort. Um, yeah, I actually was, I, I, I tried to, um, I, we were thinking about maybe, you know, I was, I was tossing around the idea of re-recording it, uh, maybe doing full production with it. And I was playing it before we went to the studio and it just didn't feel as good as that recording. And I was like, we should just like make this recording, you know, up to the level of the rest of the record. Like we shouldn't mess with this performance. Um, and uh, fortunately our producer, Scott McGinley and our post-production team, Cardinal Recordings were able to like, make it kind of up to up to snuff with the rest of the record so it was like great that's awesome how 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 good um not just that song but every other song in the album how good does it feel to finally get to play these songs out places um we've uh yeah we've been playing some shows this year and it's 
and uh, we've we've been playing "I Don't Love You," uh, which is a song on the record um, since last summer. But we just started playing "Black Dresses," and it's like it's really cool. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we when that show in New York, like to have strangers singing along to it by the end of the song was like, oh, okay, something might be good here. Yeah. Um, it's just it's great. We just um. We just filmed a couple of songs this past weekend um, for like just kind of releasing some live performance stuff. And uh, it was our first time playing some of these as a full band. And it was like powerful stuff. Yeah. So great. Um, so I can't can't wait to 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 start putting them more into the we're, set We're list. slowly integrating all the songs from the record into our set list for upcoming shows. So Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. If I could make a suggestion, because this is just what I like to do, is I like to um, sit back and just lob suggestions at people. Um, I absolutely love the acoustic version of Black Dresses. Um, you should just record a version of this album acoustically because I think the two of you could just put something really stellar as like a, a bonus supplement or even EP. I'm not, I'm not against that. To go back to Dashboard Confessional, they have an album called Alter the Ending and he recorded two versions of it, like one full band and one full acoustic. And I love them both in like their own special way. I wouldn't be against it. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan, she likes it loud, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say. <laughs> well, I just, you know, the the two of you together on that, like, you know, and and I know that a good portion of it is because not just the awesome music you make together, but also the love you guys have for each other. Like, I feel like it really comes through. And like, I'm I'm one of those guys now, mind you. If you were to go look at my old iPod, you'd be like, oh, you're the live acoustic b-side version of every single song guy um but i would really i really think you guys really shine kind of in that kind of intimacy oh well thank you very much there you go (laughs) there you go um so so the album's coming out on the 29th um what 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 kind of shows do you have um coming up around that time like are, are you doing an album release so um we are technically playing the day after the uh the album comes out on we're playing on april 30th at the grape room in maniunk which is kind of like hometown adjacent for us um and so we're really looking forward to that um we've got a bunch of tour dates on the books we're playing in pittsburgh on the 11th of april and then we are as a duo and then we're playing full band in boston on may 11th no, May 14th. We got, so we have, we have some stuff uh, coming up, which will be great. Um, we're super excited. We have a thing called the Guarded Hearts Club, which is kind of like our mailing list um, fan club kind of thingy. Um, and uh, we are doing a listening party this Sunday for them. Um, it was like for them especially. Uh, so they get to hold, hear the whole record before it comes out, which we're really excited about having them hear it and hanging out. So got a bunch of stuff on the books here. Very cool. Very cool. Well, at this time, are you guys ready to uh, partake in the jauntlet? These are uh, my my two 10-question series of questions that I cap every episode out with. Um, And it starts with the one-hit wonders. Uh, We'll go one and one. Um, We'll start with you, Jamie. Billy Joel or Elton John? I am going to go Billy Joel. Very nice. Morgan? Elton John, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Guys, I hope if you disagree on some of these, it doesn't divorce you guys because I would feel really bad about that. I feel like we've thought about all of this over the course of the year. We could probably answer for each other if we wanted to. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Um, Played the marriage, the the, was the where you hold it up. Oh, (laughs) the newlywed game. Yes. (laughs) That would have been awesome. We should have planned that out. Damn it. (laughs) You should be my producer. That would have been a perfect idea. Uh, the second one, Debbie Harry or Joan Jett? Uh, Morgan, you can go first. Joan Jett. Debbie Harry. Oh, my Lord. This is every single one. Here we go. Uh, next one, Aretha Franklin or Tina Turner? Jamie. Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Okay, there we go. Finally, agreement. I feel better now. Uh, the next one, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Morgan. Nirvana. Jamie. I think I'm, as I get older, it's Pearl Jam. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, see, you know, you guys can just live on the um, Aretha or Tina one, I guess. Is, uh, oh, yeah. We're going back to back to animosity here. Uh, the next one, Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Uh, Jamie. Stevie Nicks. Also Stevie Nicks. Okay. Oh, very good. Very good. I feel better. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, the big one, Beatles or the Stones? Morgan. 
Stones. Beatles. Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. She has a Rolling Stones tattoo, and I have a Beatles tattoo. So. Okay. Well, that's good. See, for this one, I'm okay with it because it balances out because uh, I always find that really hard. And I always feel like, uh, especially on the show, a lot of people pick the Beatles way too quickly for me. I'm like, no, no, no. no. Think about it. (laughs) Yeah. We've had, we've had time over um, the course of our relationship to think on this particular one. And I think, I think the key to all of this is that we get, because we're married, we get the full we get the full spectrum. We don't just really, we're bringing now both records into the house, you know? So it's, it's great. It's perfect. It's perfect. I love it. Uh, the last one of the one hit wonders, Bohemian Rhapsody or Stairway to Heaven? Uh, Jamie. Bohemian Rhapsody. Morgan. Also Bohemian Rhapsody. Good. Good choice. Good choice. I might have to take this one out. No one's picking Stairway. I think like one person picked Stairway. Um, it's like, I like Led Zeppelin, but you just, those two songs, I feel like there's no comparison. I yeah. agree. Green, yeah, 100%. I want to. I want to give a suggestion, but I, I don't have one. Uh, you could. I mean, I think that's that. Maybe that's the one where you actually see what people re- like. Be like Barbie Girl or the Macarena. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted. To, I wanted to do, and I'll ask you guys this. You're in the right age group. Um, Backstreet Boys are in sync. Um, I liked in sync because I met them at Veteran Stadium when they came to sing "Take Me Out the Ball Game." I was just a child, um, and I met Justin Timberlake. And very was, cool and that's uh my story i hated both of them so much Morinous. i couldn't yeah. know what to say was that during the goth time because i feel like you would oh yeah yeah i mean don't get her started though on nko nkotb uh, is that a, is a oh group? new kids on the yeah so like when morgan I was, was hanging kid, tough when i was a little kid i did there was a little while i think i had a new kids on the block lunchbox so, I mean, yeah, I'm not that cool. Yeah. Okay. So y- y- if you want to share that, I will share you with my shame. Uh, here's two of my shames. One of my favorite CDs of all time is um, this <laughs> this album that Joey McIntyre put out with this kid or this guy, Emmanuel. I forget his last name, but um, it's, an acoust- it's an acoustic duo set of just the two of them singing songs. And uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. All right. Um, and uh, like a candlelit bath time. We're going to try to find that and listen to it. D- it's I think it's called Meet Joe Mac, maybe. I can't oh, remember the name it of was. it. Why was it always meet this person? Right. <laughs> we know who you are. <laughs> it's true. And it's my million records. We've met you, Joey. We've met you, Joey. Um, and my second shame back to the back to the new kids or uh, to the in sync is um, Simon Cowell once said that I looked like, or that that uh, I, someone showed him a picture of me um, that worked in a, a a production office or something like that, and he said he looks like uh, or and it was part of the style. He looks like a mulatto Justin Timberlake, and I was like, I don't think he can say that. But. I don't. That's that's that that is as borderline. <laughs> Wait, also is that a that's meant to be nice? <laughs> I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. I still to this day have no idea what he meant by that. But he has specially designed black T-shirts though that I'm pretty jealous of. So. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He uh, wears it well too. Like. <laughs> Uh, the next section is the top 10 countdown uh, throughout this uh, the word John in here can be whatever you want it to be you're from the area you know um, it doesn't have to be music I, I, I tend to make it music but whatever you want it to be so uh, question number one what was your first John what was the first thing you were obsessed with Jamie we'll start with you I was obsessed with the Beatles when I was a kid I yeah. watched those night like every single day yeah I was obsessed with them very cool Morgan yourself the first thing I remember being obsessed with is the Michael Jackson Thriller video. Uh, I used to make my mom rent it from the video store up the street from our house. That I, is, I used to also make my mom do that, too. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Like, uh, th- I don't know if you if, if that video had, like, the making of it yeah. on there. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was upset. Yeah. Uh, that was the first of, like, both my love of music and horror movies, I think, in one foul swoop. So it's very important for me. I always think about the, um, it's so funny, um, the little things that stick in your head, but, um, when they used the, um, the suction cup plunger to make, uh, the, the thing on his hand grow. Yeah. I specifically remember that. So right? When he popped in the eye contacts. That's yes. Yeah. Good. yeah. good stuff. It was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, number two, what's your current John? What are you into right now? Morgan, we'll start with you. 
Um, so this show called Kath and Kim, it's an Australian show from, I think, like the early 2000s that happens to be on Netflix right now. And I've been watching it every night when I go to bed. And it's hilarious. It's good. Uh, I will have to add it to my um, insanely long queue of things that I am so far behind on. Um, Because, uh, you know, we we have this list of things we want to watch. And somehow um, we're just watching like Bob's Burgers over and over again. Uh, We we literally just watched it. Just before we signed on here. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. That was a, the other, the Great North is also very fun. I love that show. Though here's my very weird, very specific thing about the Great North. If it is an episode about Judy, I'm not really into it. You're not into it. Yeah. That's how I feel about Gene episodes on Bob's Burgers. Really? Gene. Wow. Wow. Me and Gene could get their own show. <laughs> Judy, the Judy and Gene show. Now that I'd actually might watch. <laughs> I know that crossover episode. I know. I'm definitely into it. Actually. Uh, Jamie, what's your current John? Um, I have many current Johns. Uh, the show Ghosts is great. Um, it's it's like a sitcom. It's very funny. Um, also, I want to share a couple of things. Actually, yeah, go right ahead. I want to like let people into some things here. Uh, Bandsplain is a great podcast. If you're trying to learn about bands that you've never that you've heard of your whole life but don't have a way in. This is a great podcast for that. Um, we are vegan, and uh, this we, is not related to that podcast. This next, I know. I'm just sharing. Oh yeah, right. I'm just going down the list here of things that I think people should know about. Um, ordering pizza from your local pizza place with just sauce and putting vegan cheese on it is a way to get pizza from a local pizza place and stay vegan, which is we've been trying to figure out forever. And I drink a lot of Rosenberger's iced tea. So those are the things I wanted to share. So my sister used to work for Rosenberger's and like, I used to be able to get like Rosenberger's tea, like crazy for free. And (laughs) I miss those days. Um, Oh my gosh. That sounds like a kidney stone waiting to happen. It really is. (laughs) It really is. Um, So you got, you guys are vegan. Um, My, my girlfriend is very vegan curious. Um, So I've been, I've been partaking in um, a lot of uh, vegan, but there's this vegan cheese that we get from, um everywhere and i forget the name of it but it is so good and now i'm is it chow chow's delicious follow your heart follow your is, heart it, it's is, is it like in a black package like is it have like a, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that, i know i know this one oh, we just got this violet violet i think that's it i think that's it very good that's um you put that the violet mozzarella on the pizza that we order from the pizza place with no cheese on it put the violet mozzarella on it boom throw it back in the oven for a few minutes I'm, I could fuck with that. Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely fuck with that. Uh, you got olive oil on top, though, to get it greasy. It creates the greasy. Yeah. Too. A little garlic. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like that tip. I like that tip. I'm going to have to try that. I'm going to have to try that. <laughs> uh, number three, what was your first concert? Uh, Jamie, you can start with that. James Taylor. Oh, really? Where at? Uh, the Man. Oh, great, great venue and a, a great artist. Um, it was great. Morgan, yourself? Um, it, my dad took my brother and I to see Rusted Root, um, who G Love happened to be the opening band. And I, at the time, was like, whoa, they're so cool. And I ended up really liking them. Um, that was at the Tower Theater in the 90s. Very cool. I am, I am a bit of a G Love obsessive. So um, you are in the they're right all- place. In the right place for that one. Uh, number four, what was your last concert? What was the last show you went to, Morgan? Was it together, probably? Together, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it just hit me. Well, the last big show, because we've been to a lot like yeah, local stuff because of, you know. Like, but the last, like, yeah, concert, concert went to was The Killers at um, Franklin Music The Hall? Electric Factory, okay. now called Franklin Music Hall. Okay, all right. <laughs> yes. Well, the Electric Factory to me. <laughs> My girlfriend was at that show. You guys might have bumped into each other. It, it was so good. It was so good. I mean, they like that's a small place, obviously, for them to play, and they were doing like their festival warm up set. So it was just banger after banger. It was great. That so is fun. so cool. So cool. Uh, number five. What was the fa- your favorite concert you ever been to, uh, Jamie? Uh, I think mine was Butch Walker at Irving Plaza in New York. It was awesome. It wow. What what year? Like uh, five years ago. Okay. Yeah. Probably like five years ago. So whatever year that was. Yeah. Um, 17 or 16. Yeah. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Uh, Morgan, how about yourself? Favorite concert? My 
I can't pick one, but I'm going to save three real quick. Roger Waters doing the wall, um, Black Sabbath at OzFest many years ago. And in the last 10 years, against me at Union Transfer. Yeah, it was a great show. They're like, they're my favorite band. It's amazing. That's killer. That is killer. Uh, number six, who have you never seen live that you wish you would have? They can be living or dead. Morgan, we'll start with you. Nirvana. Good choice. Many of my answers are Nirvana. <laughs> Jamie? Um, the Clash, probably. I would yeah. love to see them at the height of just the rowdiness and just the mayhem of those early shows. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a specific Clash tour that I would have loved to have seen, which is when they opened for the Who, and I'm like, what? Yeah. that would have. There's a video of them playing Shay, right? They uh, there's a music video of them doing Shay before the Who. Um, yeah, I also I kind of would love to have seen the dynamic of the bands backstage because like they grew up being like, we don't want to be like the Who, <laughs> right? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, it's, yeah i would have loved to see that tour too for oh sure. man and on the nirvana tip um i always think about this whenever i think about nirvana live is um that they played um jc dobbs on south street um when they were coming up and how like how killer must that have been so crazy i i yeah i i would i would kill to have been there <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's the, the the other one that I always think about. And you guys just said you're playing the um, the Grape Room. Um, but when that was the original Grape Street pub, um, Jeff Buckley played there. And I yeah. couldn't imagine seeing Jeff Buckley on that stage and just hearing that voice fill that room like. Incredible. It's People crazy. Still all drunk and bumping into each other being like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that 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 Philly Manny Young crowd. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, number seven, name an unappreciated John, something you wish had more attention to it. Uh, Jamie. Jukeboxes and dive bars. Um, I think that they're not just because that's the way we met, but I think it, it's it's a wonderfully expressive thing to, to put to walk up and put your money in a jukebox and to play your favorite song in front of a bunch of people that, you know, they're going to like look around and be like, Ooh, I'll put this song on. Um, I love that. I love, I miss those moments. Um, I had a lot more of them when I, in my younger days, but whenever I get the opportunity, I love it. You know what I, you know what I miss about um, bar jukeboxes is um, I hate the ability to skip songs. Yeah. I think and, it's bullshit. Uh -huh. I think you should have to, and I mean, I understand there's been times where we definitely played the same song in a row, like five times, but uh <laughs> But but I think it's part of the journey of the I night. Agree. Sit I through agree. people's choices. And look, I know that I'm the guy who played all 21 minutes of 2112 on a jukebox before. All right, and that's <laughs> his band. That. I love Rush. <laughs> Me Rush Me all the time. Me too. Me too. Um, Morgan, how about yourself? Um, this little band called Jamie and the Guarded Heart. I don't know if you've heard of them. Oh, but, my God. You know, Did you just make us an underappreciated John? I, you know, I mean, I feel like you are appreciating us very much, which I appreciate. But you know, in the larger scale of the world. She wants you two to get out of the way. Then she wants us huh? right there taking over the Lincoln Financial Center. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's fair and justified. <laughs> fair and justified. I love it. I love it. I love our band. Hell Perfect yeah. answer. Perfect answer. As you should. God damn it. <laughs> uh, number eight, what's your favorite album? I know that's a tough one. Uh, Morgan, we'll start with you. Uh, against me, Rash Unreal. Yeah. Favorite. Yeah. Love every song, start to finish. All right. Uh, Jamie, yourself? Uh, Full Moon Fever, Tom Petty. Yeah. Record is just perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, number nine, name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they put out, even if it's crap and you have to be apologetic for it. Uh, Jamie, we'll start with you. Uh, Dave Grohl. Yeah. Which is my answer. Also, both, yeah. both love anything that Dave Grohl does. At the, very, at the very least, we'll give it a generous chance and the benefit of the doubt. And 99% of the time, it's awesome. And, and I will <laughs> lie and say I like it, yeah. even if I don't. <laughs> It's awesome. That's awesome. I'm going to tell you um, four very quick Dave Grohl things. First of all, there's an episode of this podcast. It's uh, a short one with uh, me, a gentleman who used to write, um, who, who writes books and has written for Rolling Stone and stuff like that. And uh, his brother, who is my college roommate. And it's all about Dave Grohl. Um, don't listen to that. 
um, because it is it is very very full of hate. <laughs> um, no. um, um, the the guy who um, uh, r- r- wrote for Rolling Stone and whatnot, not a fan. Um, and he give, he gives like a f- a fifteen point presentation on why he doesn't like Dave Grohl, and it lasted an hour. Okay, like a full hour. <laughs> um, two. I saw uh, uh, the Foo Fighters at the Spectrum with Weezer opening up for them. And uh, there was this drunk guy in front of me who, through the entire show, kept screaming, play fucking Everlong. And it's all he kept doing. He said, play fucking Everlong. Play blah, blah, blah. So Foo Fighters finished their first set or finished their set, go off, come back out for an encore. Dave Grohl comes out into the audience into a little circle stage starts telling this beautiful story about his wife, meeting his wife. His wife's the most important person. Is a... Meanwhile, drunk guy screams at the top of his lungs as everything is quiet. Fuck your fucking wife. Hardcore play fucking Everlong. <laughs> and oh the worst part about that, besides the horrible thing that he just said to this man is uh, he was teeing up playing Everlong. Everlong. So like, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, a jackass. What a jerk off. Um, <laughs> And uh, uh, the third thing, one of my favorite concerts of all time was um, uh, when they did that acoustic tour, um, oh. the Foo Fighters. That I saw that at, um, I want to say, like the Tower, um, and oh, that yeah. was phenomenal. Yeah, I uh, we have we we own like the the DVD or whatever, and it just looked amazing. We've I watched it so many times. Yeah, I would have loved <laughs> to have seen that in person. It was really really powerful stuff, like um, just really powerful. Um, okay, so the tenth. And final question of the jauntlet. What is your favorite John of all time? Again, doesn't have to be music. can be anything you want it to be. Uh, Jamie, we'll start with you. Uh, Morgan's pasta sauce. Yeah? Motherfucking John of all time. Yeah. Is, there, is there a secret to this pasta sauce or um, is it just the love? It's just the love. Mainly love. That's right? oh. awesome. That's awesome. Morgan, what's your favorite John of all time? Um, cats. I'm a crazy cat lady. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How many how many cats do you have? Oh, uh, we just have three cats. Very okay, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's reasonable. Sure. That, I wouldn't call that uh, crazy cat lady level. That's like um just unstable uh, cat lady level. Well, if well if there wasn't like a like a if he if it wasn't for mm-hmm. him, I'd have about twenty seven cats. Yeah. If there wasn't like a checks and balances right. system we have in place here, <laughs> the the number would be greater. Yeah, he keeps me. He keeps me just on the verge of crazy cat lady. <laughs> I like it. I love it. I love it. So, uh, if these people, these fine uh, uh, listeners of this show, would like to find more about you, what's the best way to track you guys down on the internets? Um, Instagram is probably where we do our most damage. Uh, Jamie and the Guarded Heart, um, but we do have a website, JamieandtheGuardedHeart.com. It'll take you to anywhere you want to go. Very, very nice. Guys, the album Funeral Song coming out April 29th. If you uh, like music and you're listening to this podcast, and I think those two things are probably pretty true, you definitely want to check this album out. It is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, make sure to jump on YouTube and check out these guys' music videos because, like I said, absolutely stellar. And I love, love, love the energy you guys bring. And I want to thank you for not just coming on the show, but for making beautiful music. Thank you so much for having us. This was Hella fun. Thank you for having us. My thanks again to Jamie and Morgan for joining me on the show today. Their album Funeral Song is due out on April 29th. If you would like to find more information about Jamie and the Guarded Heart, please visit www.jamieandtheguardedheart.com for links to all of their socials. The single Black Dresses is available now on all streaming services. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. And y'all, you know you want to get yourself a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world? Well, you can do so just by rating and reviewing us. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, merchandise, and links to all of the episodes of this podcast. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yothatsmyjohn for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Yo That's My John and search Yo That's My John on YouTube to find the Yo That's My John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out, and touch some John. 
You know, before we go, I just want to comment on the tragic news out of the music world this weekend as we all mourn the devastating loss of Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. He was an incredible musician, and from all the tributes and stories that have been rolling in, he sounded like an incredible person. Our thoughts go out to Taylor's family, friends, and bandmates. He will definitely be missed. Well, that's all we got for you today. I love each and every one of you. You are appreciated. So be safe out there. Blue skies. Until next time, everybody. Hey, yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have to be measured. Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo that's my john at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout to the world, yo, that's my John. <laughs>